Welcome to Western New York Catholic Weekly, a production of the Office of Communications for the Catholic Diocese of Buffalo. Stay tuned as Greg Prince brings the Catholic newsmakers to you. Wherever it's happening in the diocese, you'll hear about it on Western New York Catholic Weekly. October is a month in our Catholic tradition when uh, we put a special emphasis and, and a focus on a devotion that we call the Rosary. Uh, in case you're a non-Catholic listener, you may, uh, you may, and most people know the Rosary, at least peripherally, even if you're not Catholic, you've heard of it. But uh, that feast day is actually coming up this week on the 7th of October, holds another interesting significance to this diocese anyway because the Feast of Our Lady of the Rosary used to be known as something more familiar to you perhaps, the Feast of Our Lady of Victory. So when we say that, everybody thinks Father Baker and they all uh, they all know immediately. But we're going to talk a little bit today about the Rosary and uh, I couldn't think of a, of a better place since we've already had during this year of mercy um, <laughs> the pastor of Our Lady of Victory. Victory, uh, Father Paul Burkhardt, on the program. Uh, the other great Marian uh, shrine that we have here in the Diocese of Buffalo is, of course, Our Lady of Fatima Shrine in Lewiston, up in Niagara County. If you haven't been there before we even uh, start with the program today, I want to encourage you to go Catholic, non-Catholic, or otherwise. Beautiful grounds. Um, it, it's just a wonderful place, and uh, I, I'm sure you would enjoy seeing it. It's run by the Barnabite Fathers, one of whom is here with us today, who's been on the program before. You may recognize him, Father Peter Calabrese. Father, welcome to the program. Good morning, Greg. Thanks so much. It's a pleasure to be here. Uh, now, of course, um, listeners of the, the Catholic radio station here in Western New York already are familiar with you because you uh, host a program once a week there as well. Wednesdays, right? calling yes. all Catholics. Yeah, so there you go. So uh, <laughs> you, if you if you think you've heard the voice before and you occasionally tune the dial uh, to Catholic radio in Western New York, that's you, – you're right. You have heard him before uh, and you've heard him before on this program and uh, I, I mentioned the year of – Mercy. Uh, one of the things, and we didn't talk specifically about this yet, Father, uh, really, um, very, very briefly, um, Father Burkhard mentioned it, but the the notion of the um, holy doors for the year of mercy that were opened at the beginning of the year of mercy that will be closed at the end of the year of mercy, you are a site for one of the doors. Yeah, we correct? were very blessed. Uh, you know, there used to be just the major patriarchal basilicas were allowed to have holy doors. Right. We were allowed to be jubilee sites in the past. But this year, for this jubilee, Pope Francis authorized the bishops to actually authorize holy doors within their diocese. And, of course, Fatima Shrine was very blessed to have a holy door. So, And the funny part is when we when we redid our, our shrine, we did some renovations, I said – well, can we have a holy door, Father? Can we have a holy door? Ask him, Father Julio, the rector. And he said, well, no, you really can't authorize yourself to have a holy door. And I said, oh, yeah, you're right. And then this year the Pope authorized. So I was really excited uh, because it gives us a physical way for people. You know, we're, we're a physical people. We have sacraments. We have water. We have bread. We have wine. We have oil. We have, we have the, 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 the physical gestures. And so then for, for the mercy you had to go for your indulgence. You had to like go to Rome or go to Santiago Compostela. Right. Now you can go to your cathedral. You can go to Our Lady of Victory. You can go to Fatima Shrine and actually see the holy door right there and, and have that sense of, okay, Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus is the door to mercy, and I'm stepping through this door. I'm blessing myself with holy water. I'm saying the prayers for the Holy Father's intention, and it brings it 
a little more into, into life, a little more concretely for us who are, quite frankly, as Catholics, we're used to that. We're not used to just kind of saying and imagining and it's so. We're used to gesture and word together. And so the gesture of going through the door is, is kind of a way. And of course, if you're physically unable to get through a door, you can obtain the Jubilee indulgence through doing the spiritual or corporal works of mercy. There are other ways. Right. But for those that can, it's a beautiful way of doing it. Yeah, and and more than just symbolism, and this is going to apply when we talk about the rosary as yeah. well, and, and a very deliberate move on behalf of Pope Francis, right, to make this notion more accessible um, as almost sort of a, a means of uh, a kind of a local pilgrimage right. in many ways, right? right? And I love it because, you know, people say, well, okay, now I know what this holy door is. What should I do? So, okay, well, you know, if, if there's a group or even individuals, we take them and we have our little prayer cards there. We say, this is what you're going to do. Now, when you go through this door, you're thinking about yourself receiving God's mercy. Now you're thinking about yourself showing mercy to other people, doing the corporal and spiritual works of mercy, doing these things that we know we are supposed to be a hallmark of this year. So I found it to be very, very effective, and I'm glad. I'm, I feel very blessed. And, of course, the, the satellite churches are closing their holy door on November 1st. So All Saints Day, that's when, when we're going to close our, our holy door. So, yeah, uh, and, and then the cathedral a little later, and then the big ones in Rome. Yeah, again, a very deliberate kind of progression, so it's leading back to Rome. And then, of course, Advent will be coming shortly at the end of November, so it leads right into the next liturgical season in our church. Father Peter Calabrese is the uh, Barnabite father, and he is the associate director, right, at uh, Our Lady of Fatima, Um, also pastor at... Holy Family on the Tuscarora Nation. Yes. Yeah. So um, I, I would imagine that uh, uh, you yourself at both places have had plenty of opportunities for uh, to participate in this year of mercy with works of mercy, right? It's been great. It's been wonderful. It really has. People coming. Uh, you know, we at the Shrine constantly have this opportunity of people who are seeking God's mercy. You know, you're asking, you know, obviously as you – so graciously mentioned at the beginning, we have this oasis of peace that allows people to come. But a lot of what we do happens in the confessional and in the conference room, you know, and and that's where uh, the mercy part really is. And that's in line with, with Fatima, in line with the rosary, uh, and, and all of it kind of wraps together in this idea of, well, people are seeking God's mercy, and, and that's that's really what a shrine is for. Not that you're not going to find that in your parish church, but that's what the shrine is. That's what shrines are for, special places where people can go to seek God's mercy, to seek God's healing, to thank God for favors. Sometimes we forget that. We're seeking, we're seeking, we're seeking. Uh, in a lot of the great shrines of the world, the Thanksgiving part is also a big part, and that's a part of the year of mercy too, acknowledging the mercy that we have been given. And at Our Lady, let me let me just back up because you did mention the um, you hinted at this already, but just to clarify, maybe for people, a difference between when we call something a shrine and a parish, like our local church. Yeah, yeah. Well, the shrines first happened because a significant spiritual event happens yeah. at a place. Like you could imagine Bethlehem, 
in the Holy Land. That is a place where people want to go because that's where Jesus was born. So shrines today, we still have major events. You can think of Fatima. You can think of Lourdes. You can think of ones that people hope. We're going to be talking about that next week on our program, there actually. You go. So, so I'll yes. let, I won't say more. <laughs> but, but our shrine is a reference to the events that happened in Fatima, Portugal, in 1917. So your parish church is where you receive your sacraments of baptism, confirmation, marriage. It's where your funerals are at. It's where you go to catechesis, where you go to faith formation. It's where the, the, the everyday aspect of your Catholic faith is, is it's your Catholic family home. A shrine is a place where you go to take a special day aside. So I want to dedicate a special day to God or even a special hour to God and either thank him or ask him for something in light of this special event that maybe happened, you know. Yeah, it might, might even be like a particular devotion in this case to Our Lady of Fatima. Our Lady of Fatima. Right? Yeah. Uh, uh, tell me a little bit about how the Barnabite fathers came to have this beautiful shrine up yeah. in Lewiston. And in the early 1950s, the Barnabites came to this country. We were invited by the Bishop of Buffalo to teach in Catholic schools. So, As pretty much every – or yeah. it was either teaching in Catholic schools or um, working in or building in many cases hospitals. That's so, right. There you go. That's right. Yeah. And so our fathers came from Italy. They didn't know English. So they were helping out in various parishes. We were hospital chaplains also at first. And we were looking for a place to build uh, a seminary, uh, really a house for our seminarians, not so much to teach them, but a, a house for them. And the Chorzak family had received a favor from the Blessed Mother, a miracle in their family, and they wanted to donate about 15 acres of land to the church for some good purpose. And we happened to be in Niagara Falls assisting at one of the Italian national par Italian parishes there. And therefore, the connection was made. Even though the family was of Polish descent, the connection was made through us. And we were able to acquire that land. On what condition? That we have a shrine to the Blessed Mother. Now, to be honest, I think the fathers were thinking of a little Lord's Grotto in the back behind the house. But as we, Which is generally the case. That's right. right. There are a lot of smaller shrines that's that right. people are familiar with. And that, right. and that would have been it. That, that, would have, <laughs> that would have satisfied the vow, sure. so to speak. Yeah. Except the people of Niagara Falls, Buffalo, Lockport, St. Catharines, both sides, Toronto, Hamilton, all the Buffalo, of course, Lackawanna, Chictawana, all of the great cities of western New York. They said... We, we don't really care about your seminary. We have a seminary, but a shrine to the Blessed Mother, that we like. <laughs> and so they started a beautiful tradition, not only of saying, hey, fathers, get this shrine going, but of bringing statues of their patron saints. And the very first one was of the Blessed Mother, the three children, and a couple of sheep. So that's how we became Our Lady of Fatima Shrine. And, of course, Fatima was really big in the 50s because we had that third secret that everyone was afraid of. Like, oh, no, what's the third secret yeah, going right. to be? And so Fatima was taking off because, theoretically, in the 60s, the Holy Father was going to be allowed to reveal the secret. Turns out none of them chose to reveal the secret until Pope John Paul II <laughs> right, did yeah. in the new millennium. But, hey, it was great. Which actually worked for you guys. It worked so, wonderful. Right, yes. <laughs> so that's how, that's how it, it came. And, and really I say Jesus, Mary, and the people 
of Western New York wanted this shrine because we're not shrine priests. We're not like the La Salette missionaries that go around planting shrines to Our Lady of La Salette or, or anything like that. This was something that we were asked to do, and we like to think we've fulfilled that task. Father Peter Calabrese from Our Lady of Fatima Shrine in Lewiston joined us on our program today. And this week, of course, uh, I have mentioned a couple times already, the um, the month of October, we um, have a special uh, devotion to the rosary in our Catholic faith. And the Feast of Our Lady of the Rosary is coming up this week. And uh, we thought we'd talk about that a little bit, about how um, people brought statues to the yeah. To the shrine, and that's continued. I mean, you have how many do you have now? We have over 150 statues of patron saints of families, towns, countries, everything. And you can walk through on the grounds, Beautiful. right? All and see outdoor. all of the. Most of them are marble, some are bronze, some are resin, uh, most of the new ones are bronze. Uh, they're you, beautiful. You mentioned, and you mentioned that, you know, a shrine being a place where people go for kind of a special day. Do people actually have days where they come specifically because of? Like we, a do. we do. Different groups will come. For example, yeah. uh, not, not about a month ago, we had uh, Labor Day weekend is the day that the Vietnamese pilgrims come. Probably had two to 3,000 Vietnamese Catholics from Buffalo, Rochester, surrounding areas. Uh, why? Because they have a, a monument to the martyrs there. Okay. And then what do they do? They come. They honor their patron saint. They'll do a rosary procession. They'll have a mass. Uh, and you know, we're, we're Catholics. It's all about everything. Of course, we're going to eat too. So uh, that's what people do. They set aside that day. And generally, pilgrimage groups will indeed pray the rosary, often in procession, together, out loud, not just, you know, people do pray by themselves. But the rosary is often the centerpiece of these uh, pilgrimages. And we have them do processions. We have a pro- processional statue where the group will get together and and they can pray the rosary together, walking among the the beautiful uh, gardens and the statues of the saints, the avenue of saints, as we like to call it, praying the rosary, and then at the end, of course, a blessing or whatever they're going to do. Yeah, you uh, you were leading right to it because that is one of the um, uh, beautiful features of the of the shrine and, and probably one of the most used besides the basilica right. itself, that outdoor rosary that That's people right. like to do. That's right. There's two things. There's a rosary pool, which we like to say is one of the world's largest rosaries. Obviously, it's not the only one laid out. <laughs> sure, like right. Yeah, right. Beautiful yes. big crucifix laying on the ground, and then there are lights Looks and good on the brochure, the though. Of the rosary. Yeah, it is. <laughs> right. it is. Well, it is one of the biggest. <laughs> and, it, and it's a heart-shaped pool, yeah. which you can see from the observation deck on top uh, of the dome basilica. And and just the other day, I came back and there was uh, two men. It was one of the most beautiful things I ever saw. It looked like I don't know if they were father and son. I didn't dare interrupt them, but it was a, a son pushing his father in a wheelchair. And they were stopping at each bead to pray the rosary together. And I just I said, I'm not even going to stop and bother them. I'm just going to go and do my business. And that's one of the ways that people do it. They will literally go from bead to bead. The other way, as I said, is to make it a little longer and enjoy the beauty, but, but carrying flags, the crucifix, yeah, and yeah. Our Lady. Yeah. Um, and let's talk specifically about the rosary the with rosary. the feast coming up. Um, and let me give you an opportunity here, though, uh, before we get into that, because uh, I'll get through the show and not have you mention it. Uh, if people want to learn more about the 
shrine. I mean, if they search on Our Lady of Fatima Lewiston, it's going to come up on Google. Um, but you got a website, right? FatimaShrine.com. That's, that's the easiest way. <laughs> uh, boy, that's uh, going to be real difficult, I think. Uh, FatimaShrine.com. Don't even have to write that one down. No. There you go. Perfect. Uh, and uh, you, you want to briefly say um, regular masses at the shrine when, yeah. if people wanted to come for mass? Monday through Saturday, 1130 and 4 o'clock. Confessions uh, 15 minutes beforehand. Okay. Sunday, 9, noon, and 5. Again, confessions half hour before Mass on Sunday. And, of course, the rosary and benediction at 3 o'clock. And a lot of times if people venture up to the shrine, particularly on a weekend, a Saturday or a Sunday, there might be a Mass going on at uh, times in between that That's for right. all these various groups that are there. So That's it's, right. Uh, it, um, it, you know, it's a place if you're looking to, to get to Mass, it should be easy to find one at the shrine. That's right. Uh, uh, so the, the the rosary with the, with, with the feet, it's a uh, – Devotion goes back years in the Catholic Church. Um, just as, particularly for folks who maybe are not, um, uh, because it's not something right as a Catholic that uh, you're not required to pray the Rosary or right. you know that that kind of thing a de- right. to have a particular devotion to the right. Blessed Mother. Um, and, and of course, you know, for anybody who might be a non-Catholic that, that is listening to our show today, just briefly explain the Rosary. Where did it come from? How yeah. did the prayer develop? Yeah. Uh, well, the the prayer itself consists of of blocks of prayers that we call decades, right? Each decade consists of 10 Hail Marys preceded by an Our Father, concluded by the Glory Be. Now, what's the Hail Mary? Maybe you don't even know what the Hail Mary is. The Hail Mary is a combination of that moment of the Annunciation when the angel Gabriel said to Mary, you know, you are full of grace. You are going to bear God's Son. You are going to bear the Savior, followed by an invocation asking our Heavenly Mother, to pray for us, as we say now and at the hour of our death, acknowledging our sinfulness. So without saying the prayer, I just told you what it is. And we pray it in these blocks. Now, normally, when we pray a rosary, we'll pray what we call five mysteries. And there are, as we know, four sets of mysteries. They are the joyful mysteries, which cover the infancy and, and boyhood of Jesus, Uh, And then we have the luminous mysteries, which cover his pastoral life, his ministry life. Then we have, of course, the sorrowful mysteries, which cover his passion and death. And then we have the glorious mysteries, which cover the resurrection of Jesus, the birth of the church, and our ascension into eternal happiness with the Lord based on the life of Jesus and Mary. Yes. Now, let me interrupt you there because that is probably the great misconception, right? That, oh, Catholics don't just pray to Jesus. They pray to Mary and they pray to saints and everything mm-hmm, else. Mm-hmm. It, it really is a prayer right. that focuses on the life of Jesus. It's very Jesus-centered. It's the gospel. Right. If, if, if you didn't have Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, if, if you were lost on a desert isle and the only thing you remembered was the 20 mysteries of the rosary, you would have a little compendium of of the gospel. And if you that's what I think is so beautiful about the rosary because it necessarily draws us back to the life of Jesus, to the saving work of Jesus. Now, is Mary at the at at the center of the prayer? Absolutely, because we start with well, we start with the sign of the cross and the creed, 
So let's be serious. You can start the rosary in different ways. Some people say, oh, when I came from the old country, we didn't say the creed and the Our Father, three Hail Marys. You're exactly right. You probably didn't. That's okay. Keep doing what you're doing. Do what you're doing. <laughs> but, but standard fare, start with the Our Father, the creed, the Our Father, three, glory, uh, three Hail Marys for faith, hope, and charity, the glory be. People had little prayers called the Fatima Rosary Prayer. Oh, my Jesus, forgive us our sins. Save us from the fires of hell. Lead all souls to heaven, especially those most in need of thy mercy. Right? There you go. I had to get that I was in. hoping you'd get that in today. To That's good. I didn't there. even have to ask. Right? That's Your perfect. Mercy. Right? Uh, and then we go into these, these decades where we kind of repetitively pray the Hail Mary. Now, well, why? People ask me, especially my Protestant friends, well, why do you do that? Why do you say ten Hail Marys? Yeah, why do you have to do it ten times, right? Well, sure. Okay. Well, because it's the moment of the incarnation. It's you're, you're reflecting on that moment. When Mary says yes, when God says, I love you so much, I'm going to become one like you, how could you not want to meditate on it? Well, and in process, right, it's not really that much different because it is, um, you know, we call it a prayer or devotion, but it really is a meditation and you're meditating on the life of Christ through these mysteries. And in process, not really all that different than any other form of meditation that people are familiar with, kind of a repetitive thing that you know by heart. So you're in in many ways not focusing on the words of the prayer. Right. 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 You're focusing on the mystery that may be the the so-called mystery you're meditating on. But the other thing that I like about it is sometimes, you know, I found myself, okay, I'm a priest. I pray the Liturgy of the Hours. I pray the Mass every day. Wonderful. But, but sometimes you just want to be with God. Sometimes the words aren't there to formulate, you know. Paul says the Holy Spirit prays in us, right? Well, the rosary kind of provides that, that structure to focus us back on God and no matter what is our concern, or maybe even we don't even know what our concern is. I think of people who are just, as, as, as this says in the gospel, Martha, Martha, you're anxious about many things. You know, we're anxious. We're a frenetic people. The rosary gives us a structure to say, time out. What's important? Jesus is at the center. Mary, our mother, interceding for us. You know, you don't even need to formulate the words now. The rosary provides that introduction where you're just saying, God, I'm here. Blessed Mother, you know I'm here. Give me what I need. And what I find, and then maybe this is more my personal testimony, but I think it's what why everyone who loves the rosary loves it, that as you enter into it, it kind of settles you, calms you, and brings you, brings a kind of clarity about all that swirling around and says, okay, now that God's back at the center, I can move forward, bring these things calmly to Jesus, and then receive in a quiet sort of way his peace, his will for me. Well, now, let me tie this back to the beginning before we wrap up here then. Yeah. And the notion of a shrine and uh, we talk about when you visit a shrine, it, um, we use the word pilgrimage, yeah. right, which is basically just – bringing yourself, making a journey, in effect, to God, right? To a holy place. That's right. Okay? Um, That really is, in many ways, um, the rosary is kind of the same thing in prayer form, is it not? That's right. That's right. Exactly. It it, it takes us to, uh, to the heart of Jesus, takes us to the heart of his life, 
and allows us to to pick off that portion of it and say, you know what, uh, it, it, it might be Friday, uh, so I'm supposed to pray the, the Sorrowful Mysteries. But you know what, today uh, I, I, the life of Jesus speaks to me, so I got these luminous mysteries or I have the birth of Jesus to meditate on. And that's really how it started. The whole, you know, you asked me a little bit the history. History of the Rosary is varied and complicated. Sure. But originally the whole purpose was to meditate on the Annunciation. And uh, it's kind of, originally we know there were 150. There were three sets of, of 50 Hail Marys. Right. That was an imitation of the Psalms. And this all kind of coalesced somehow around St. Dominic who collected it all and formulated it all together. At least that's how the tradition tells us, the pious tradition tells us that's what happened. But the beautiful part about it is they said, okay, well, we we, we focused on the Annunciation. Now, what else happened? Well, there was the birth. Well, what else happened? There was the finding in the temple. And so very gradually we coalesced into this, well, let's just give 10 Hail Marys to each mystery and we'll get through all those 50 Hail Marys and then maybe we'll pray another one but instead of focusing on the birth and infancy, we'll focus on the suffering of Jesus. And then that wasn't enough. Let's focus on the, the, glorious, the glorious mysteries, the events of the, of the past and the future that show God's glory. And then with a the stroke of genius, that great um, devotee of, of the Blessed Mother, Pope John Paul II, said, something's missing. The life of Jesus is missing, so let's complete it. And to be honest, I know people are scandalized by, well, how could he do that? How could he do that? <laughs> we have to remember that there were other sets of mysteries, that the, the classic set that we have now is what the church coalesced around. But it's not that people never meditated on, on, on other else. aspects. Yes, it's correct. not that, like, this was forever and only. It was dictated, you know, at Pentecost. No, it, it evolved. And so, um, you know, certainly... When you pray the rosary, you should pray those mysteries that the church has sanctioned. But we don't need to get all uptight about the fact that we've added a few more. In fact, we should be thankful for that gift. Yeah, I, and I agree with you. I think they're I think they're beautiful. Um, and uh, I, I I remember seeing the email, you know, the first time I, heard, you know, because it surprised all of us, right? Yeah. And thinking, oh, this is. This is wonderful. <laughs> I, I can remember it. I, I was sitting in the yeah. office right out there when yeah. I when I heard the Pope made more mysteries. Yeah. I'm like, wow, you know, I mean, <laughs> mind blowing. So, uh, look, we're coming up to the uh, uh, one of the great times of, of year at the shrine. Before I let you go, I want to give you you know an opportunity just to to mention that, let people know how to find you, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, autumn's a beautiful time to be up yeah, at the shrine absolutely. with the leaves, etc. It's a great drive up there through the hills of uh, Lewiston along the gorge. That's right. uh, That's it's right. great. Uh, but your Festival of Lights is coming up come uh, Advent time, right? Yeah, the Saturday before Thanksgiving, which this year is uh, November 19th, we're going to open the Festival of Lights. There will be a new feature, and I don't even know what it is right now. Father Julio's <laughs> working away at it. Now, I, actually, I, I can be a little open about it. It's going to revolve around the 100th anniversary of, of the apparition of yeah. Fatima. So it, it's going to be around that. And uh, as we get closer, we'll reveal it gradually. But Festival of Lights starts Saturday before Thanksgiving, ends January 6th on Epiphany. And lights are on every night from 5 until 9. The uh, cafeteria has extended hours. The gift shop has extended hours during that time. And we'd love to have people come up. It's a great way. If you have friends that you'd like to introduce to the shrine or introduce to the Catholic faith, but maybe they're not real 
gung-ho on churchy stuff. Well, everyone can look at a nativity even if you're not a big believer during the run-up to the Christmas season. So I find it to be a great introduction way to say, hey, let's have a nice night out, lights, enjoy something, and still share a little bit about the faith. And I always tell people, uh, you know, especially if you're in this immediate Buffalo area, if you've been to Our Lady of Victory in Lackawanna, you need to go to the other rally. You need to go to Lewiston up in Niagara County and see the Fatima Shrine too. (laughs) You know, it's uh, especially at that the time of year that we're talking about there. Father Peter Calabrese, uh, Assistant Director at the Shrine at Our Lady of Fatima, Barnabite Father. Uh, Thanks for coming in and uh, sharing a little bit about this. Thanks for having me. Always a pleasure. And uh, I mentioned next week we're going to be talking about uh, Fatima and Lourdes, uh, the Western New York Catholic, the, of course, the sponsoring uh, namesake of this particular program is uh, sponsoring a pilgrimage next year to Fatima and Lourdes. So uh, maybe you could think about seeing the real thing too. Uh, our podcasts are always available and anything we talk about, you can link to it uh, from buffalodiocese.org or wnycatholic.org. Just for look under radio and uh, under the news and uh, media tabs and you will find us and you can go back and hear uh, programs again. I'm Greg Prince. I will be back with you next week. You've been listening to Western New York Catholic. Catholic Weekly, produced by the Office of Communications for the Catholic Diocese of Buffalo, with the help of the Catholic Communication Campaign and this radio station. Call us at 847-8744 or send us an email to radio at buffalodiocese.org.